Encouraging Others Through Christ, podcast episode number 130. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Yeah, my friends. That's right. It is time for another episode of the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. Cliff Ravenscraft here, and I know that it has been a very long time, but I have finally got to the place where I'm ready to bring to you this episode. That's right, my friends. It has been since February of this year since I released an episode of the EOTC or Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. And the reason for that, well, my friends, I have a very good reason. I've been in a very long, lengthy grieving process. Uh, That's right. I have uh, been mourning the loss of a very close personal friend of mine. And uh, I will spare you all of the details, but I will just say this, that I was scheduled to record the 130th episode of this show on, I believe it was going to be April 7th is when we were going to record this, Uh, and that was going to be with my great friend David Foster, and he and I were going to record this from his home studio while I was visiting in town and staying with him and his wife Paula for the weekend. I was going to be speaking at a podcasting conference there in Nashville and um, actually it was two weeks after though, so it must have been the maybe the week after that. But anyway, I was scheduled to record this episode with David Foster. And unfortunately, on Sunday, April 1st, or no, actually, was it Monday? Monday, April 2nd, 2012, I got a text message from my great friend Dan Miller and uh, he had told me that um, he had just heard, got word that David Foster had passed away. And he said, I'll send you more details as soon as I have them. And turns out that David Foster preached his last sermon on Sunday, April 1st, 2012. It was this year. It, it's... Uh, Hard to believe that it's been that long ago, but it feels like it was just yesterday as well. Um, You know, here's the situation. If you've been listening to this podcast since episode 121, uh, then you're very much aware of, uh, you know, the relationship that I had with David Foster. And one of the things that I'm going to do for you guys here uh, is that by the time this episode goes online, I'm going to take all of the almost daily devotional podcast episodes that I had created since September, you know, since this, you know, new journey of my life of freedom. uh, I'm going to take all of those more recent episodes of the almost daily devotional and bring them into the EOTC feed. So there's a chronological, you know, story of the journey that I've been having uh, since I ended the Almost Daily Devotional podcast, and I'm bringing it over into this podcast anyway, all that content uh, moving forward. So um, yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to do. If you go back to episode 121, and then you see all the, it used to be the About the Church podcast, but then 
somewhere along here, I called it, I, I changed it over to encouraging others through Christ. But then there was also another show called The Almost Daily Devotional. If you just start with episode 121 of About the Church and then whatever is in the feed in chronological order, whatever episodes, it'll take you up to this place where I am today. And I, I want to say this. I am in a place in my relationship that with God that I truly understand and I know that he loves me and that he's thrilled with me and that I bring joy to his heart and and that he wants the best for me and that there's nothing that I can do to earn more of his love. There's nothing I can do that's going to make him love me any less. And there's nothing that I can do to get him to accept me more or to accept me less. I am forgiven already for what I've done, what I may be doing, what I might do in the future. I am forgiven, I'm loved, and I'm free. And a lot of that 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 started with, you know, David Foster and um, you know, his Renegades Guide to God podcast. And uh, you know, I'm not again, I told you I wouldn't bore you with all the details. As a matter of fact, this is the second time I'm recording this episode. I, I'm already at uh, five and a half minutes where I was 30 minutes with the last one. So I kind of just dumped that one in and I'm going with this one instead. But he, what I wanted to do is I wanted to tell you that um, David Foster on his last day on this earth, he lived the perfect last day from what I understand. He got up that morning. He went to church. He preached this sermon uh, his final sermon, which was absolutely phenomenal. I did not watch his final sermon until after I learned of his death. And it was as if the spirit of God had prompted him to share the things that he needed to share as if it were his final sermon on this earth. And and you'll understand what I mean when I give you a little bit of commentary, but I have, uh, let me just see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14. I have 14 audio clips taken from his final sermon. And I just want to share them with you just to give you a little flavor and uh, of, of what it was about David Foster that I loved. And I'm just going to go ahead and just get started with those audio clips. Again, all of these come from his final sermon that he ever gave. But, oh, you know what? Before I do that, let me just say this, that after his sermon... Um, from what I've been told, it went down as in this way that he sent his family on to, to lunch. He says, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little bit, uh, you know, extra energy that I need to burn here already. Uh, and I think he went out for like a five mile run that afternoon, right after preaching this sermon twice. And then, um, after the family had finished lunch, you know, he was actually, uh, they were preparing for one of his daughter's weddings coming up. And uh, so family was all over. He spent the afternoon and from what I heard, had amazing time hanging out with his entire family. And um, that evening he said, he said to Paula that, you know, you know, I feel like I may have just overdone it just a little bit with the run and uh, turned in a little early. And um, it wasn't until the next morning that uh, they realized that he had passed away in his sleep. But I want to tell you, this man lived a life worthy of living and and i i praise god for any 
interaction that I had with David Foster. And I, I, I was an, I've been, I was, I've been extremely blessed from June of 2010 through April of 2012. I had the amazing privilege and great honor of not just knowing David Foster, but calling him a friend. And I don't feel like I need to tell you just how deep that relation is. I, you know, I thought that I would need to, but to be honest with you, I don't, I, I don't need to. I, I can just tell you that it, it was an amazing friendship, amazing relationship, and it's had a profound impact on my life. And here's the deal. I know that he's had that kind of impact and profound impact on the lives of so many other people as well. But I just want to give you uh, just a little bit of, uh, of, of, of a feel of some of the things that this man stood for the kind of ways that he shared things. And uh, the first clip that I'm going to play is about how we treat people and, you know, this, this thing we call religion. He wasn't, he wasn't a fan of religious living, you know, uh, and, and, you know, just the whole, you know, political correctness of religiosity. Uh, And, and, and here's one of the quotes that kind of gives you a feel for how he feels about that. But I will say this to you, as I've said before, if your religion doesn't radically alter the way you treat hurting people, you need a new religion. So there you go. And 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 this is something that I know to be true from Dr. Felster. He he basically treated people, his 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 faith radically impacted the way he interacted with the lives of the people around and around him. And I know this. He he had he had certainly treated me in a way that I could tell I was drawn to him. I was drawn to him. And I, and I realized over time and, and certainly with a lot of perspective now that what I was drawn to in my relationship with David Foster was that I was drawn to my heavenly father who was communicating his love through David to me. Uh, and, and I love that. And of course, uh, one of the things that he was talking about in his in his um, uh, opening remarks to his his message that this was the final message in I think either a four or five or six part series sermon. So he actually got to finish this sermon series, and um, he was talking about the fact that he loves the the fact that he got to preach this sermon because it embodies everything that in, that in, basically sums up the entire mission and purpose of why he and his wife Paula started this church. And it's for messy people who have been burnt and they've given up on God because of all of this other stuff. And and he says, listen, you know, this church is, is for you, the people who are messy, who have made mistakes, who you think that God's upset with you and blah, blah, blah. And And I love what he says about people who are pious, you know, the people who got their stuff together, who looked down on other people with judgment. And this is what he's got to say about those people. So we're glad that you're here this morning, but you need to understand that we really are passionate. If you are perfect, we'd ask that you never come back. You can tithe and you can give online, but we do not want you back. <laughs> so he tells you, you know, he, he's not he's not he's not there for the for the the Pharisees, if you will. Now. I am totally pulling this from later in the sermon, but one of the things that I love about David was his humility. And the fact is, is, is you're going to hear is some of these things in here. You're going to hear he gets very passionate about sharing the truth 
about God's word. But this is this is something he shared after basically just really hitting hard a very very poignant truth that we need to 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 you know we need to consider when we're living our lives in this world. But then he comes back and he says something like this. Now, I would love to say to you that unlike most of y'all and ASAP, I never have this problem. But I deal with it constantly. And it reminds me how far I've got to go. How, how pitiful sometimes my faith is. And how merciful God is in light of my ingratitude for his provision and blessing. So there you go. He, you know, even David, and and here's the thing to hear him say that because, man, I this is somebody that you look up to, and it's a reminder to me. And and I got this from David. I got this from my good friend Wayne Jacobson. I got this from a lot of other people that I've been interacting with a lot. And that is never put anybody on a pedestal. You know, Steve Brown's the same way. You just don't. You, you put them on a. They're gonna fall. You know, because they're human, they're messy, we're all messy people. And that's the one thing I got from David from that clip is just like, you know, I'd love to tell you that I'm, I, you know, I've got this all figured out that I've, I've, I live it every day, but I've, I sometimes even my own effort is messy. It's pitiful. And, and here's the thing. God loves me anyway. And of course, he didn't say that, but I I know that's a part of his message. It was a part of his desire to let the people know that even when you feel like your own efforts, as good as other people might think they are, there is no comparison. In fact, we're going to talk about, uh, play a couple of clips about comparison, but uh, it, it the fact is we're we're free, we're we're loved, and we're compelled to do more, but it's not a compulsion to do more, to be ex- more accepted to be more loved, but it's because we have been loved, because of this great gift that we have been given. Here's a here's another 10-second clip that I have fallen in love with, and uh, it, this is a great message to live by. Listen to this one. You ask yourself three questions always when you, inter- when you interface with people. Is this helpful? Is this hopeful? Will this promote healing? And if it doesn't, don't do it. This has, you know, th- this question, is this helpful, is this hopeful, and will this provoke, promote healing? This has saved me time and time again in relationships. I've actually had email exchanges with people who had, you know, had suggested that I had done something wrong or said something wrong. I've had face-to-face interactions with people who have said, you know, this or that. I've had people who have come to me and said that they were upset with somebody else. And of course, it may be somebody who I was personally upset with myself. And I was about ready to say something about that person to really heap some coals onto the fire. And I had to ask myself, is this helpful? If this is hopeful, will this promote healing? The answer to the question was no. And so I just said, I'm not saying a word. I will remain silent. I will not comment on this one. Great truth from Dr. Foster. Love it. Um, this one, to be honest with you, this came from, he, he quoted something that, that was from an earlier sermon in that series, and, and I must admit to you that I have not yet gone back and listened to you know that particular sermon yet, although I do have them all downloaded. Um, and and And... This is something that uh, 
you know, it intrigues me. Let me just play the clip and tell me if this intrigues you about three things that he is absolutely certain that God will never give you. So you need comfort. I love this talk because in this talk, if you weren't here, man, it is awesome because I get to tell you the three things God ain't never going to give you. I mean, I'm so absolutely positively sure about that. He will not give you control. He will not give you clarity and he will not give you certainty. And for some of you, that gives you eight hours a day freed up. You get another job. There you go. He will not give you control. He will not give you certainty. He will not give you clarity. And aren't those three things that I I struggle with the most? I want I want to be in control of my financial future. I want to be certain of my financial future and my good health and the good health of my family. And uh, you know, control, certainty, and clarity. I want to. I want the. I want the future roadmap ahead to be crystal clear. I want to know what's coming. I want to be. I don't want to ever be caught off guard. And and David Foster says, "Listen, you know what? Just give that up. He's never going to give you the control. He's never going to give you the certainty, and he's never going to give you clarity. But we need to just go through with the comfort that we can trust him." love that message and it honestly takes away it like you said you know some of us we can that that clears out about you know eight hours a day of our of our lives (laughs) we spend worrying about those three things wishing we can have you know trying to get them and and we're not so you know freeing up some time give us a little margin in life and i and that's been very helpful to me although i do want to go back and find that one about comfort the sermon series on comfort to, to kind of hear the full picture on that because I know it would be awesome and uh, glad that I have all of these things downloaded. Um, here's He talks about bored people, you know. He, he did a, he, he's basically, what I'm getting here is uh, he's, he's kind of like giving just an overview of some of the uh, previous people that he's talked about in this sermon series. You know, the bored is one of them and here's what he says about bored people. Then there's the bored. The bored need a mission. They've dis, they, they, they somehow disconnected from their mission in life. They, 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 they've forgotten. They don't need easy. They just need worth it. This is, for me, this is one of the reasons why I left the church is, is I, I did. I got bored there. And, and it's just everything's so oversimplified. And, and um, you know, it, it's just like we just invite people to church and this and that and this and sign up for this meeting and that meeting and it all becomes about running this organization it becomes you know all this it's like listen, i don't need easy i just need worth it is it worth it to do this and and um you know for me you know i i, I don't mind hard work i don't mind doing things i don't mind sacrifice the question is is it worth it so don't need easy just need worth it i love that and i would I, i'm looking forward to going back and hearing all these sermons but uh here is, uh, let's see here, things, oh, yes, this is, oh gosh, this is only a three-second clip, but I tell you what, there's a lot of power in this message right here. Just let me play this three seconds. Listen to this. That things may enhance your life, but only people can enrich your life. Things may enhance your life, but only people can enrich it. And of course, he is talking about, you know, what we need to realize in life is that life is short and you never know when you're going to die. You don't know any of this stuff. And, and what you'll, what, you know, as, as people get older, they realize, you know, they come to this place where it's like, you know what thing, these things that I had, they did, they, 
they enhanced my life. But what I what you come to realize that only people and relationships, good relationships, can enrich the life that you have. The things you have will never enrich your life. They will enhance it, but only people can enrich it. And I love that message. And uh, this next clip that I'm going to play for you here, and again, all of this, by the way, is just from one sermon. Uh, but this next clip is about comparing ourselves to other people and what happens when we compare. Now, I've kind of uh, edited this down to some brevity here to to just drive home the point and the message and the kind of stuff that David stood for and what he shared. But um, <clears throat> I will tell you, he gets a little fired up in this one. So minute and 38 seconds, but there's a lot packed in and, and you get to feel for just the passion that David had for what he was sharing. Why are we so obsessed on what we don't have and so blind to what we do have? Now, I'm not this way. I'm talking about y'all. Man, you just, oh, God, thank you for our house. Man, this is awesome. Oh, Lord, we just praise this house. You just have, thank you for this new job. Thank you for our, oh, we just, we're, we're having a baby. Oh, it's just great. We're going to have a grandchild. And then we're going you know, to, and then all of a sudden you start comparing yourself to other people with a house they have. You go to a friend's house that are uglier than you and stupider than you, doing better than you. And you ask, oh, God, where, how's that fair? And by the way, do not ever ask God for fair. He might give it to you. When you start focusing on what you don't do and haven't done and haven't had and haven't experienced and haven't achieved, you get blind to all the good things. The bl- all of us in this room live in the greatest country in the world and we have the freedom to worship God in this room without fear of repercussion from anyone. Amen. Yay, God! People died for that freedom. How grateful are we? That we drove over in here in modern day marvels. Some of them with 100, 200 computers inside your car on super highways. We're all going to go eat lunch in just a minute. And our biggest worry will be over eating. <laughs> God have mercy on us. Don't you think sometimes the father says, really? When will it be enough for you people? <laughs> Ah, oh, goodness. You can tell there's a little passion in that man and and what he believes. And and obviously he's he's talking about the importance of getting over this idea of comparing ourselves to others and being thankful for the things that we do have. All right. The next one, again, is uh, is it, it gets fired up here. But um, I've titled this clip. ASAP's water pistol, and I think that you'll you'll get a kick out of this one. This is a minute and one minute eleven seconds. I love this clip. ASAP said, "When I came into the space that brought my mind to confront truth, I thought differently. He, I finally understood the destiny of the wicked." Truly, you put them on slippery paths. You send them sliding over the cliff of destruction. In an instant, they were destroyed, completely swept away by their terrors. 
When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was foolish and arrogant and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you and you hold me by the right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me into a glorious destiny. Who do I have in heaven but you? Who do I have to desire on earth but you? My health may fail. My spirit will grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I mean, here's a guy who went from, to yeah. I mean, he is ready to charge the gates of hell with a water pistol and not even check to see if it's loaded. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I tell you what, if I, you know what, I know that I've pretty much given up on the traditional institution of the church. But if I lived in Nashville, I would have gone to David's church. I would have. I would have. In fact, oftentimes on Sundays, I don't know that I would have committed to myself to a, 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 you know, I have to be there every week. But man, I, I loved listening to his preaching. And when I was in Nashville, I did go to his church. And even when I wasn't in Nashville, they were broadcasting it online. I would I would watch it on Sundays every now and then and, and just loved, loved his passion, loved his zeal. And it wasn't fake. It wasn't fake. In fact, I'm going to play a clip for you about how he feels about fake piety and and just how genuine this man was able to deliver the truth and the the good news, the gospel, the, the how great this this message is, this freedom that we're offered. Um, but before I, 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 I play that clip, I want to play the nine second clip for you. And I've called this foster translation. I'll play it for you. Who cares what other people think? If God is for me, who gives a rip who stands against me? Romans 8. Foster translation. (laughs) I'm going to play that one one more time. Let me tell you, I I wish I had an entire audio Bible in the foster translation. Who cares what other people think? If God is for me, who gives a rip who stands against me? Romans 8. Foster translation. Ah. That's good stuff. You know, one of the clips that he he actually did a, uh, he did one of the things that I love and I I don't know why I didn't pull it out. I, I, now that I think of it, I should have, but one of the things that David was known for in many of his sermons is quoting other famous people, uh, you know, just popular culture icons and stuff like that. And he would always say, you know, the great theologian Mick Jagger or the great theologian, you know, um, in, in, in the last one, Doctor, he says the great theologian, the great theologian, Doctor Seuss once said, and in fact, actually, that might even be in this next one. I don't know. The next clip here is three minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Three minutes and thirty-seven seconds, and and I just want to say this: this is the last three minutes and thirty-seven seconds of David Foster's very final sermon that he ever preached. This is right before he went into prayer with the congregation and uh, you know, I'm going to, I just want to prepare you for this. I just want to say, what if this was the last three minutes and 37 seconds that you could share with people about what you find is valuable in communicating about God? Have a listen to this. Have you ever been around people who pray a minutes? It's really pray. Okay. Lord, so you screw your face up to God sees the sincerity of your face. Right. 
Have you ever heard enough sermons and you walk away thinking, thanks, I needed more condemnation. I needed more reminding of the things I've never done and probably are never going to do. You're like, men, love your wives. Really? I've got to love the same woman for 40 years. If I don't love my wife, I don't keep my job. Now, the door swings both ways, by the way, so. But that's a hellacious way to live, isn't it? I can't, listen, I cannot love as as godly and as good as my wife has been to me. She has saved me in every way a man can be saved. There's no way I can ought to love her. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? I ought to love her, but I can't live on ought. I have to want to love her. That love comes from another place. I love my children. I love, they will always be my babies. I've loved every minute of their lives. They brought me joy, even when I wanted to eat them up. <laughs> Where does that come from? It comes from another place. Yea, God, that we don't have to just screw up our moral, you know, fortitude and suck it up for God. No, no, no. He comes in and he gives us a new heart and a new joy and a new possibility. And all we got to do is worship him, stand in awe, repent of our sin and brokenness and turn to him and confess that we need him. The only way you get to heaven is confessing to God you're not worthy to go. Pretty cool. Really? Why is it so hard for us to tell the truth to God about ourselves? I love what the great theologian Dr. Seuss said. Be who you are and say what you feel. Because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Here's my confession to my broken, messy brothers and sisters. Never be afraid to come clean with God. Asap didn't. He told the truth, didn't he? I envied. I compared. I'm bitter. I'm hacked off. I am mad because people who are worse than me, dumber than me, uglier than me, are doing better than me. What happens when you tell God that? You get His compassion, His grace, His forgiveness, and His power. That, my friends, is an amazing message and, and is what we love about our relationship. It's what, it is what is great about God is that all the only way that we can ever gain gain entrance into heaven the only way we can gain salvation is to admit that we're not good enough to get it that we can't do it on our own and that he's already done it all for us the other thing i love about that clip is the fact that he actually had that opportunity to communicate that yeah he ought to love his wife 
but he has always loved his wife. The, the Go back and if you need to, I won't play that clip again, but go back and rewind and go and listen to the, 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 the way he communicated how he feels what his wife has meant to him and communicated how much he loves his wife and how he has loved the, the fact that he had the opportunity and that the spirit gave him the prompting to include a message that I have loved every waking moment with all of my kids, even in the moments when I wanted to eat them up. And I'm talking about like, you know, he's talking about I was upset, irate, angry. I even in the I've loved my kids and and to to know that that is a part of the last sermon, the last few moments of the last message that man ever preached. Man, I thank God for David Foster and I thank God for giving him that opportunity to communicate that in those last words. Wow. One of the and and then there was the the there was the great theologian. Um, you should just listen to his old sermons just to hear some of the great theologians that he quotes. It, it's good stuff. Um, I, I think he probably had the great theologian, uh, the, the great theologian Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I, I don't know that to be certain, but I, I'm, I wouldn't put it past him. Some great stuff. But uh, one of the things that he did after every sermon. At the the last thing he said, he would actually say this. God bless you. Go get him. Go get him. Um, I saved two clips for last, and and as you can tell, you know this. And in David's mind, this this was probably this was just any other sermon for him. It was wrapping up any other sermon series, but it was a special sermon series for him. There's no question about it. He says it at the beginning. I didn't actually, you know, give you that clip, but this sermon series was an important sermon series. And, uh, I, I think that, you know, I'm going to go back and if you want to, you can go find this. This is under, um, Oh, what would you find this under? Um, do, 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 where, let me go pull up my iTunes and tell you exactly what the podcast is listed under for their sermon series. It would actually say David Foster at the gather gathering. That's what, that's exactly how it's listed in iTunes. It's David Foster at the gathering. All right. And by the way, it is a one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a six part sermon series. It would have started back on February 26th, 2012, with this final episode being on April 1st, 2012. Those six things, you can still get them in the archives today, and uh, I highly recommend going and listening to that. I know that I need to go back, and I want to listen to those other five, but um, there are two more clips that I have not played for you yet. Uh, one is 45 seconds. The other one is one minute and 18 seconds. And um, like I said, I believe the spirit of God laid it on David's heart without David ever even realizing for a second, never being aware that this would be the final thing that, that within, you know, within 12 hours, he would be in heaven with his father. Um, I, I, I don't think that, that he had any, any kind of awareness that that was the case, 
But uh, he certainly said two things, two clips that I want to play for you. Let me play. Go, let me go ahead and play this and listen to the words when it comes time for you to die. Trust me, when you come, when it comes time for you to die, we'll say goodbye to you. You will be remembered in terms of the lives you have touched, not the things you have owned. We're going to put all your stuff, including your magic bullet, in a yard sale. We're going to settle for $3 or we'll give it away if it's the end of the day and we don't want to stay there any longer. Can I hear an amen? Yes, we will. We'll sell your trinkets and your tokens and your antique guns. But we will remember forever the grace and the love that you poured into our lives. My Angelo said it this way. People may forget what you say. They may even forget what you do. But they will never forget how you made them feel i love this david says when it comes time for you to die that's how he starts that and of course obviously it it had come time for him to die and i want to tell you i will forever remember david foster for the way he made me feel i will forever remember david foster for the way that he made me feel and the way he made me feel led me straight to my heavenly father's arms. I can tell you right now, the way he made me feel led me straight to my heavenly father's arms. And I'll be honest with you and I'll share with you that for a while I really felt his love and I really desired and longed for David's love. You know, just just the way that he made me feel, I wanted to be around David even more. I wanted to talk to him more. And we we oftentimes spent, you know, hours talking and and uh it it was fun. It was exciting and and just wonderful times. And when he died, I'll be honest with you, I it took me a long time to get over that. And uh I remember Asking God a really stupid question. I said, God, who am I going to turn to to cheer me up? You know, you know, David, David was my cheerleader. He was the guy who, who cheered me on, who, who encouraged me to move forward and, and, and made me feel loved. Who am I going to turn to now? Who's, who's, who's going to be that person? And, and obviously (laughs) there's no questions like, duh, hello, what am I, chopped liver? Uh, yeah, but, um, you know, there, people, people will forget the things that you've, you know, these things that you did, the things you owned. One of the things they'll never forget about you is the way you made them feel. And that's why we go back to that very first clip. But I will say this to you, as I've said before, if your religion doesn't radically alter the way you treat hurting people, you need a new religion. That's it. I have one more clip. And, and again, just remembering that, you know, I, I mean, again, just clearly in my mind, if you ever, if you ever wondered about the working and the prompting of the Holy Spirit to, to guide and direct your words, there's no question that, that, you know, that, that, you know, David's passing clearly did not catch God off guard. Listen to the, to the words in this last clip that I'll share with you. Guys, from the other day, I'm trying to relate this to you. This is really an interesting question. He's a friend of mine, and 
He said, yeah, I got, I got, I got a problem. I said, okay. He said, what if he has two boys? I think, uh, 25, 26. Let's just say that. He said, if, if, if my 26 year old son died, he said, I'd have a problem with God. Would you? And I said, well, if your 26-year-old son died, I'd be hurting, but not the problem you'd be having. He said, you know what I mean. I said, oh. He said, if your daughter, so something else. I said, yeah, I would. He said, but then how do you square that with a good God? If something like that were to happen to you. I said, I, I would, I said, I'm sure I would be a lot of pain, a lot of grief, but I hope that I would at least pause in all of my whining and moaning to thank God for the gift of that child. For the gift of those 26 years or 36 years or 66 years or 70 years. By the way, when you have to give up someone you love, I don't care if they're 99, it will be too soon. And there you go, my friends. It doesn't matter how old they are. When you have to let go of somebody that you love, it will always be too soon. And and for me, it's taken me months to grieve and mourn the loss of my wonderful friend that I had to give up way too soon. And, uh, you know, I, I still keep Paula and his daughters in my thoughts and prayers as I know that, that you know, that, that I can't imagine what they still must be going through today. But I, I, I do pause. I do. I, I, I would not record episode 130. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, you know, been planning, you know, episode 130 forever. I, I recorded an entire 35 minutes episode right before this one and dumped it because I went on and on and on about crazy stuff. So I don't even remember how I opened this time. But but here's the thing. I, you know, it, I, the last episode, episode 129, was recorded on February 10th, 2012. I, I had a desire to record one episode per month, minimum, maybe more, but minimum of one episode per month of this show. David knew this. It was uh, it was around the uh, end of February and, and uh, or at end of March and at probably like the second or third week into March. He's like, Cliff, you know, hey, when's that next episode of uh, EOTC coming out? And, and I said, you know, things have been really good. Things have been really good. And, uh, as you know, I just canceled six of my shows. I'm trying to put some priorities in order. Some great things are happening. And, uh, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'm getting ready to come speak at a conference, a podcasting conference in Nashville. Uh, you know, you know, you, one of the things David told me is like, listen, if you and your family at any time you're ever in this area, You've got you've got an open, extended welcome invitation to stay at Casa de Foster, you know. And so, uh, basically, I I said, you know, I'm going to be in town if you want. I can, you know, stay with you, and um, you know, we can record episode 130 in your in your theater or in your theater in your studio. He's like, man, that would be awesome. I'd love that. Looking forward to it. And so um, it was. I think it was two weeks after he died that that I was actually scheduled to be there. Uh, two, almost exactly two weeks. And uh, so episode one thirty, this episode was supposed to have myself and David sitting there in his home, in his studio, with his microphones, his voice in episode one thirty, and that was scheduled to happen two weeks after he died. 
So obviously that didn't happen. And to be honest with you, I, I did not want to record episode 130 without devoting it to my great friend and just how much of an impact this man had on my life and more importantly, what he stood for and the message that he communicates that it, that there is a loving heavenly father who loves us and it is not about this fake Christianity, this this religiosity, all of these other things. It, it is quite simply, it's, it's the good news that God loves us and there's nothing we can do or say or any performance of any type that we can earn it. All we need to do is acknowledge it. All we need to do is acknowledge it. And, uh, and, 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 and he loves us and, 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 and he lived out the things that I heard him preach and I loved him for that. And at the same time, he even said, I played a clip for you. He's like, listen, even myself, man, I, I messed this up all the time. Never once did I ever feel like he was pious or preaching from a pulpit where he's up on a pedestal looking down on people. He was he was messy person just like we were. I'm sure that if you you could see into the inner thoughts of his mind, he would he would tell you that, you know, he's just as messy as all of us. But I'll tell you what, looking from where I was, he was so far along in this journey that you can just tell that this man had been with God. And and I desired to be around him because I sensed God when I was with him. And I thank God for the time that he was in my life. And I'm praying that I will be, <clears throat> be used by God in, 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 in even just a small percentage of way of the way that he was used by me or used in my life. So it's, so oh, anyway, I think, I think I've, I've done it. I, I, I don't think there's any way that I could actually wrap this up to where I would feel good that I'm like, I did what I needed to do. But uh, I devote episode 130 of Encouraging Others Through Christ to David Foster. And I thank God for who that man was and the message that he spoke. If you haven't done so, go find David Foster at The Gathering. This podcast has all of his archived sermons. Also, Renegade's Guide to God. You can find all of this. I think it's still online. DavidFoster.tv DavidFoster.tv Guys, I will be back very soon with more episodes of EOTC. Got a special thing in store for you next time. Until then, I'm going to let David Foster give you that one final command. And then, my friends, we're ready to move forward. And with that, David, take it away. God bless you. Go get him.